Welcome back, everyone. This is John Adolfi, and we are going to be talking about the three top reasons why Noah's Ark must still exist. This is reason number two, and that is the list of documentarians, notables, who've reported on the Ark. Welcome to the Lost World Museum. We're going to talk about reason number two, the list of people, credibility of people who have either passed on information while they were in the local area or saw it firsthand themselves. List begins far, far back in the past. You can begin that list with Moses himself being instructed in 1440 BC to write of quite a bit of this earth's history in the book of Genesis. I mean, quite a bit, a couple of thousand years of Earth's history from the beginning all the way through, including Noah's Ark. So Moses, we'll put him there number one, 1440 BC, wrote about it in detail. And most of what we have about Noah's Ark is contained in Genesis 6, 7, and 8. And uh, it's incredible. If you've never read it before, you really do have to read it. It's just, uh, it's just an incredible story. Okay, so moving on from him, and this is not an exhaustive list by any means. So Barossus, who was a Babylonian historian in 275 BC, makes mention of it. Also, too, Luke, Peter, Jesus, and Paul from 27 AD all the way through to 66 AD in the New Testament, they each refer to, in some aspect or another, Noah and the and or the ark or the event of the flood, all four of those individuals, three of them being the actual writers. Jesus never wrote any of the New Testament, but he was obviously quoted. So you've got you know, that. And then, and then a few years later, in 94 AD, you have Josephus, the Jewish historian, in his, in his book, The Book of Antiquities, talk about Noah's Ark. So you see, uh, so far, and we're going to stop there just for a second, so you see that there's a, there's a continuity and there is a credibility issue. If all these people are either A, been lied to, or are mistaken, or, and this is the, would be the, the worst thing, all of them are in collusion to perpetuate a lie. That would be very sad and disturbing, quite honestly, because the people that we've just mentioned are some of the most highly regarded people in history. Uh, and uh, it would be... Uh, it would be very interesting to know that they are all lying or they're all mistaken. All of them? Really? So far, we've spanned 1,500 years of writers, historians, documentarians, 1,500 years, not 15 years or 150 years, 1,500 years. That's a long time. That's like today, you know, where it's 2020. That would be like somebody writing about something in 500 AD and then us continuing on with whatever it was here in the year 2020. That's a long time to write about something and to be mistaken about it. Marco Polo 
in his book, The Travels of Marco Polo in 1300 AD, spoke of the Ark. Now, he did not see it, but when he passed near that area, he was told that it was still there. There were various people that um, in the 1800s and that actually claimed to have either seen it or touched it. And then in 1906 and 1908, a young shepherd boy by the name of George Hagopian, he was Armenian, actually went up the Ark, uh, excuse me, up Mount Ararat to visit the Ark with his uncle when it was what they called a smooth year. And a smooth year meant, at least back then, every 20 years, there'd be a meltback or a drought that would expose the ark. And it was one of those years that was a smooth year. And so his uncle knew well enough and he took him on a journey and they went up the mountain and uh, he stood on it when he was eight years old. And he went again two years later and saw the ark this time with a little bit of ice and snow on it, but not completely covered. He described it when he was there And how do we know George Hagopian uh, was there? How do we know? Uh, It was described to him. He lived there as a boy. And as a young man, he left and went into the army. And from there, he he took off from the army, ended up in a Russian gulag for a while, and then was given the choice of going back to uh, Turkey and to um, face his uh, AWOL, AWOL, or he said, no way, he went to America in the 20s, 1920s. George Agopian kept quiet about what he had seen when he was a young boy because he was still on the run. Uh, He befriended a um, a woman, a realtor actually, and told her this story when he was like 70 years old. She knew a man by the name of Alfred Lee and Alfred Lee was into Noah's Ark. He'd been to the mountain in 1969 and was a search team looking for wood And uh, she told him the whole story, set up a time, and for the next 18 months, from 1970-ish to 1972, uh, Alfred spent uh, hours and hours and hours uh, interviewing George Agopian, and uh, his story seemed to check out. What he did was he drew the memories of it so that he would say, well, what did the Ark look like? And he asked him certain questions, and he would draw it, and Alfred is trained as a a cinematographer uh, in the army, but also, too, as a archaeological illustrator. So he sketched uh, George Agopian's memories, and his memories have been uh, documented as to what the Ark looked like. When George discussed it with Alfred, he went into great detail. He said that uh, when he stood on top of it, he was scared, actually. He thought, um, there was a hole in it, and he felt, thought maybe there might be something in there. And his uncle reassured him that there was nothing inside the ark. And George said that it looked like it was a thousand feet long. I've wondered after that, you know, as far as what he meant by that. Was that just a little boy's imagination about a 450-foot ship that looked a thousand feet? Or was it a little bit larger than perhaps we give it? Uh, credit for, if you want to call it credit, and that goes that goes into a little more deeper detail regarding the the cubit and um, you know how we uh, translate 
what's in the book of Genesis uh, when the measurements which are done in uh, in um, you know, in, in cubits and how do you translate that? Do you use the 18 inch cubit? Do you use the, the royal cubit? Do you use the Egyptian cubit? Uh, the cubits would vary from 16 inches all the way up to, I think, 25, 26 inches. But George said it looked like it was a thousand feet long. Just keep that in mind. We're not going to explore that any further right now, but just keep that in mind. Anyway, George, um, you know, shared his uh, memories with Alfred, he drew a picture. There was much detail that we're not going to go into today, but there you have it. And then 1943, Alfred Lee had a chance to interview in 1986 a gentleman by the name of Ed Davis, who claimed in 1943 while he was there, uh, either in the Army, Army Corps of Engineers, I'm, I'm not sure which one it was, but he was doing some work in the area, some drilling, um, uh, and um, they really appreciated what he was doing for the community. And they took an outsider and they wanted to give him a gift and they decided they weren't going to take him up the mountain and show him Noah's Ark. And he said it took him two days to get up there and he was about 800 yards from the Ark. He looked at it. He saw it from a distance. He couldn't get any closer because of where they were and his, where he was viewing it from. You couldn't go down and over to it. He said it was broken in two at that point and encased in snow or glacier. They were about a third of a mile apart, he, he believes, he saw one of it and one part of it, and then the other part escaped him until they guided him in his his direction. It was kind of also kind of um, misty and foggy, and, uh, and then it would clear. And then he looked over to his left and saw the other half of the ark. And so, at some point between George Hagopian seeing it in 1906 and 08, it had slid down off of a cliff and it had broken into two. So. Eyewitnesses, the credibility of all these people is at, is in question if they're making this all up. And from 1440 BC to 1986, you see, what is that? 32, 3300 years of people propagating a lie or collectively in their own way experiencing Noah's Ark on top or near Mount Ararat in Turkey, depending on where they were in their journey and their vantage point. Thank you very much for listening. Part three, we're going to talk about more about the eyewitness accounts. We'll get in a little bit deeper with George Hagopian and Ed Davis as we talk about the eyewitness accounts. This is John Adolphine. If you'd like to get this uh, this report called The Three Top Reasons Noah's Ark Must Still Exist. All you got to do is just email us at lostworldmuseum at gmail.com and just ask for the Noah's Ark report. That's lostworldmuseum at gmail.com. And may I also share with you that if you'd like to receive our newsletter, that's something that we email out at least once a week uh, with the latest that's going on. And usually you get a cool video or photos or both. And that's at museumalerts.com. So just go to www.museumalerts.com and you can sign up for the subscribe to that. There you have it. Also, too, some of you like uh, Instagram. We're on Instagram. Just look it up at Lost World Museum. We're also producing videos on Reels. That's something new since August of 2020. And we are also on YouTube. Just go to lostworldyoutube.com and 
You're welcome to subscribe there. As soon as we get to 1,000 subscribers, which we're all getting there, got just a few more to go, then we're going to go ahead and do some YouTube Live. And we're looking forward to that. All right. You guys take care. We'll see you around the museum another time. Have a great morning, noon, or evening.